Hey everyone, welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Just a quick note before today's episode. This summer, we're completing our series of introduction videos with our final season of filming, and we still need to raise about $30,000 to cover those costs, and we would love you to help us with that. And you can do that by visiting the Spoken Gospel website and clicking on Donate. And by doing that, you can contribute to bringing books like the Book of Revelation to life. And whether that's through a one-time gift or a monthly donation, your support makes all the difference in the world. So thank you so much and enjoy today's podcast. The living embodiment and locale of God's word Mm -hmm. that is protected and watched over, Mm -hmm. but has to go through death and suffering so that God shows that he watches over his word to vindicate it and raise it up. Yeah. That uh, God, there, there's an almond branch over the grave. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, that's, that's right. That's what we're saying is that there's an almond branch over the grave. That even when it seems like the word of God dies, there's an almond branch over the grave. He will raise it up again. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of Scripture. In Luke 24, Jesus told his disciples that every part of the Bible is about him. In each episode, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and his good news. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are continuing our look at the book of Jeremiah. Last episode, we introduced the book. We looked at what is prophetic literature, what is the message and the ministry of a prophet in Israel, and what was Jeremiah's message. And basically what we looked at was the message of an inevitable and impending exile at the hands of the Babylonians that Israel could do nothing to thwart, and therefore they had to throw themselves upon the grace of God to trust him that one day he would bring them back into the land resurrected. Yeah. There we go, Seth. Great job, man. Did I do that it? Was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today, what we want to do is just look at Jeremiah chapter one. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah chapter one functions as a prologue for the whole book. It sets up a lot of the main themes, several of like repeated ideas and themes happen throughout here and gives us some new, um, some new ways to think about Jeremiah. Um, uh, some new ways to think about Jeremiah's prophetic ministry. Okay, great. So, I mean, we set up all the categories last episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, maybe go back. Go back. Because we're just going to jump into the actual text today. Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. do it. Do it. So Jeremiah chapter one, one, we're just, it's not very long. We're just going to read every verse today. Here's what it says. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. So, basically, this is just his very brief biography. Mm. Jeremiah was alive during this roughly 40-year period. He began his ministry during the reign of Josiah. Uh, They were contemporaries. They were both young, young king, young prophet. They lived alongside each other. And um, Jeremiah is addressing many of his prophecies 
to these kings and the people they ruled over. Mm -hmm. And we walked through those kings in the last episode. That's right. Okay. Not a lot of new information here if mm -hmm. you listen to the last episode. Okay, great. Yeah. So you another another uh, another plug for the last episode. There yes, you go. that's right. So I mean, the only thing that doesn't say here um, that you will read about is a man named Gedaliah. Hmm. So after Zedekiah um, loses Israel to Babylon, Babylon sets up their own governor. His name is Gedaliah, and he rules for a period of time. Uh, and Jeremiah stays with him and oh, okay. continues to function as a prophet to this Babylonian um, governor. governor. Yeah, okay. and he that man is assassinated. <laughs> then um, a military junta of Judean military folks uh, take over uh, Israel or Judah for a time. Military state. Uh, military state. Um, they end up bringing all God's people to Egypt. Uh, so. This is this is part of the story that isn't. In, I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going. I okay. love. I just love keeping going. I like uh, the history. Uh, but you'll read all about it. So what happens is this military junta state starts, and Jeremiah. They ask Jeremiah what they should do now that they're in charge. They've just killed Babylon's governor, so they mm -hmm. expect some sort of Babylonian retaliation. And they're like, "What should we do, uh, Jeremiah?" And Jeremiah tells them to stay in Judah and to submit to Babylonian rule. <laughs> Which is what he's been saying the whole time. And he says, and if you do what I think you're going to do and go to Egypt, you'll end up being destroyed in Egypt. The military junta state does not like this prophecy. They kidnap Jeremiah against his will and bring him to Egypt. And once they arrive in Egypt, God's people and its leadership, Babylon invades Egypt, destroys <laughs> Egypt, and... Um, Judah dissolves into both Babylon, Egypt, and a couple of people drift back up to Jerusalem and Judah. And that's how God's people end. And the okay. reason he's not mentioned here is because he's not a king. Mm, he's a governor. But yep. Jeremiah's ministry continues during that time. Okay. So that's also that, that that was a great bit of history we didn't touch in the last episode. And it's a great reminder of the prophetic ministry of Jeremiah, what it looked like the state of the people of Israel and what his general message was. So it was like a, actually a nice summary there we go. of everything too. So, uh, there we go. Okay, so, so now, that's the, his little biography. That's his little biography. And then we get his commissioning as a prophet. So many uh, um, many of God's prophets have a commissioning ceremony mm -hmm. of sorts where God approaches them, say, I, you are going to be my prophet. They normally debate with God a little bit and then they get sent off. Yeah. Uh, to Is ministry. the point of this, like since it's a stylistic um, element of a lot of prophetic literature, do you think the point of it is to show their credentials oh. as a prophet? Is it to set up the the theme of their calling? Why you include... are exactly asking exactly oh, the right question? I did it. Let me read it to you, and then we'll talk about okay. it. Okay. Uh, now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations." So just pause there for a second. Kind of a unique calling. God has formed Jeremiah before he was born mm. to be an emiss a spokesman for him. And he's to the nations. So mm. we've just gotten three Israelite kings. Right, but he says, you're a prophet to the nations. That's right. Once Judah dissolves, Jeremiah has a whole list of prophecies against Philistia, mm. Ammon, um, Babylon, um, prophesying their destruction as well. So Jeremiah's ministry extends beyond just Judah right. into the world around him. And so this is kind of uh, 
looking forward to that. But then Jeremiah says, Lord, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Uh, Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And see, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And so this is is his commissioning Mm -hmm. ceremony. So what did you hear as you were listening to that? Uh... <laughs> I mean, I heard something interesting where he's like, "I hey God, the problem is I don't know how to speak." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'll deliver you." He's like, "Wait, hold on." Right. I thought the problem was I was going to be a bad, a bad speaker, and now you're saying I'm going to be in some real trouble. What's this deliverance I'm going to need? Like, I was like, "Poor yeah. guy." <laughs> like, hold on. Uh, and then obviously the uh, the famous pluck up, break down, destroy, yeah. overthrow, build, plant. Yes. as like the outline of his ministry. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So if we just take that phrasing right there, that's used multiple times. Mm-hmm. If you were to summarize Jeremiah's prophecies in just a little couplet or you know a little quartet, it would be this: mm-hmm. to pluck up, break down, destroy, overthrow. But also to build and to plant. God will right. pluck up, break down, destroy, and overthrow Judah. But He will also build up and plant. Right. That's the that's the that's thrust of Jeremiah's uh, of of his ministry. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other giant thing that we I noticed was that God reached out His hand uh-huh. and put His words in Jeremiah's mouth. Yes, that's crazy. Yes, is that a, is that, is that a metaphor? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. This is why. So why this formulaic thing? Okay. Why? What is this doing here? What is it doing for us? So let's go back to verse six. I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. Who does that remind you of? What other prophet? Oh, in... Moses. That's right. Yeah. Moses said the same thing to God when God commissioned him at the burning bush. Yes. I am a stutterer, God. Yep. I, who am I to do this? So Jeremiah has cast his calling like Moses's calling. Mm-hmm. He's a man who doesn't know how to speak. Um, and God's going to put his words in his mouth just like he did with uh, Moses. But in Moses' case, he gave his... He gave him another spokesman in Aaron, right? Right. And gave him another spokesman in Aaron. But why is that significant? Yeah. Why do I bring up Moses at all? In the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 18, there is a prophecy. Okay. Starting in verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you, you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or we will die. That refers to when... God came down a fire, and the Israelites were like, oh, I don't, uh, why I don't, don't you go talk to a Moses? Go talk to a Moses. And <laughs> yeah. Moses is saying, there's going to be someone like me who's going to come in the future. And the Lord said to me, when, uh, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words mm. in his mouth. Wow. He will tell them everything I command them. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, but a prophet who presumes to speak in my name, anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how do we going to know that this prophet is from the Lord? Because what he proclaims will come to pass. Mm. So in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses prophesies that there will be another prophet like him who will come on the scene, and the phrase that he uses to describe this coming prophet is that God will put his words in his mouth. So Jeremiah understands himself to be 
the prophet that Moses predicted. He is the prophet like Moses coming to God's people. I mean, that adds so much depth to the phrase, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Right. He was like, bro, back when I was hanging out with Moses, I, I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. He's like, I wrote about you in Deuteronomy, right. Jeremiah. It's like, okay. Okay, God. Fine. <laughs> Could you imagine being that little kid? Right. And being like, that part of the Torah that I've read and know it. That was about me. That was about me. <laughs> Okay. All right, uh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, like, what's the cool stuff you're going to have me to say? Oh, don't worry. I'll deliver you. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> hold on, hold on, what? I thought that was going to be a cool job. <laughs> oh, man. Plucking uh, up and breaking down. Okay, I guess. Yes. Okay. So, what are you thinking now that you know that Jeremiah is the prophet prophesied by Deuteronomy and a new Moses for God's people? Um, I'm thinking that if they need a new Moses that's like him and did the kind of ministry he did, you know, talk to him the way that God talked to Moses. Uh, I'm thinking they're going to need deliverance, that they must be facing some type of Egyptian-like um, enslavement and are going to need an exodus. That's what I would guess. Yep. You'd be exactly right. Oh, so more than that. once, Jeremiah will describe their coming out of exile as a better exodus. So multiple times, Jeremiah will describe uh, the coming back out of exile as a new and better exodus. So he mm. says this in Jeremiah 16, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when it will no longer be said as surely as the Lord lived who brought up the Israelites out of the land of Egypt, oh. but it will be said as surely as the Lord lived who brought the Israelites out of the land of the north. Oh, he's like, Jeremiah, what we're going to do, we're going to one-up the exodus story? Yeah, this will be the new moment of salvation for God's people when the... God brings his people out of exile. It will be a new creation, a new covenant. This is the new defining moment of God's people. No longer the exodus, but what happens after the exile. And the same thing is said in Jeremiah 23, 7. It's exactly the same mm. words. The new climactic moment of God's dealing with his people will be what happens after exile. The defining national story will move from the exodus and to the Babylonian return. Well. Oh, oh no. I did something. Well, is it the Babylonian return? Because I don't know. So, the, the <laughs> well, this is the question that we started asking behind the scenes. So Jeremiah is prophesying that after a period in exile, they will come back and God will restore their fortunes mm -hmm. and do all these great things. Yep, and yeah, we and Ezra and people take them up on that. Right, and they start rebuilding Israel. However, Jeremiah does not only talk about a rebuilding of Israel's national identity. Hmm. Throughout the, the book, is, and you know this, is talk of the circumcision of the heart, mm -hmm. the cleansing of the heart. Judah will sin no more, or God will be their righteousness, yeah. and uh, w their hearts will no longer be sinful, but the law of God will be written on their hearts. Jeremiah has a couple of things in mind when he starts talking about this return from exile. One is like a national return, a political return, a geopolitical return. But there's also this other aspect to the return, which is this spiritual revitalization of hearts that have never obeyed God since the time of Moses. Ugh. Which, by the way, <laughs> it's okay. I'm following is you. something that Moses himself predicted. 
God's people go into exile in Deuteronomy 30. He says, you right. return you'll, to exile, you'll come back. and on that day, I will circumcise your hearts. He does say that. So yep. Moses is predicting a circumcision of the heart after the exile ends. And Jeremiah, as a new Moses, is predicting exactly the same thing. So your question is, so that's what happened when Babylon came back, right? Is, well... Is it? Is it? Oh, it's man. yes and no. It's maybe. It's it's a it's a horizon. It's a horizon. But it might not be the act the end of the story. Right. Can I just cheat for a second? Please. And just be like, so is is this adding depth to when Jesus says repent, return for the kingdom of heaven is at hand? He's okay. like, here's the new cultural historical oh. moment for our people. The end of the this exile is the end of the end. exile. Return. It's time yeah. to come back. Where? Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God, it's at hand, it's yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, Leave yeah. your exile that you're in in the flesh and return because the kingdom of God is now here again. Yes. And it's time to tell our national history's defining story once yeah. again. I think that's not illegitimate. That's awesome. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just really cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know if, I'm sure I've read it before, but I just have never, I, maybe it's just never sunk in of... Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. Being the, um, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought us up out of the land of Egypt. Yeah, that's it's right. The, this is the new salvific moment. Yeah, it's, 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 you're in exile. Come back. It's the kingdom of heaven. Is, it's like, we're in Israel. What are you talking about? No, no, no. We're talking about the the exile of your heart. The, and The uncircumcision of your heart that you've yeah, been dealing with. The slave since, master behind the slave master. Since Moses that Jeremiah talked about, that's <laughs> yeah. being done away with right now. Wow. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Um, and I think, I think we said this in the last episode too. So what Moses prophesied was this return from exile and this um, circumcision of the heart. Jeremiah talks about as a new Moses, but he innovates. Mm. Moses said that this was a continuation of the whole, Old Covenant. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah explicitly calls it a brand new covenant. It mm. is a new thing. He's the only prophet to do so. It's right. a new covenant. What God does after the end of exile will be unique. It'll be new. It'll be different mm. than what's gone on before. There will, there's a ton of continuity, but yep. there's a real climactic difference between what happened before and what happened now. And I think that climactic difference is the ability for our hearts to be like obey God's word. Like that's the big deal, right. which we haven't talked about a ton, I guess so far no but, we haven't um, i mean we last episode we talked about manasseh being the forget. point of no return mm-hmm. and that the sin of israel and her kings had stacked up to a point where it was like no more redemption is left yeah we just have to die yeah. and then there will be a return and a resurrection um but i guess that is a the fruit of an uncircumcised heart yeah is inevitable sin inevitable death yeah um and so dealing with that issue is That's what Jeremiah right. offers. Yeah. Is getting under the problem. Is getting under the problem. And yeah. so, yeah, so Jeremiah is prophesying this day when God's people will no longer be defined by their hard-hearted desire to rebel against God's commands and his covenant and his relationship with them, but will run towards them. Yeah. Have a heart that's soft towards God's laws and commands and covenant. Let's go to verse 11. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Mm. 
So I read that and I'm like, what on earth? Yeah. And then the next thing is the word Lord came to me a second time and he moves on. So this is, you're supposed to get this in isolation and this is part of Jeremiah's calling. So we should talk about it. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, before we talk about the almond branch. Yeah. What, what, I know we talked last episode about the word of God being like a character and maybe mm -hmm. a primary theme uh, yes. that holds the book together. What does it mean to say that the word of the Lord came to me? Oh, like how did that happen? No, like, is he's like I heard God's voice? There was a presence of God. Like, mm -hmm. what am I supposed to be imagining here? That's a good question. I mean, in this case, God has dialogue. Right. Jeremiah, what do you see? Mm -hmm. So apparently, it's also combined with the vision of an almond branch. Mm -hmm. So in this particular case, I would imagine that Jeremiah is seeing something, yep. and then he hears this divine narrator asking him what he's seeing. Mm. At one point, in Jeremiah, he's in a dream. During the whole New Covenant, when New Covenant's talked about in chapter 31 and 32, um, Jeremiah has this long poem about what's going to happen in the New Covenant. And he says, and then I woke up, or my sleep was pleasant to me. So he had like this dream wow. about what God would do in the future. So God spoke to him in various different ways. Mm. But he might have been in prayer and waiting. It, and this, then, in a lot of other prophets, angels are the ones who speak right? on God's behalf. Yep. Um, we don't know. The vehicles are varied. The vehicles are varied. He's seeing something, yep. and he's hearing either out loud or internally, Jeremiah, mm -hmm. what do you see? Okay. Um, and he sees an almond branch. Um, so first thing we should note is that God seems to see, think that's enough of an interpretation of the vision. He says, like, you've seen well. Good job. I'm watching over you to perform it. Yeah, you get uh, it. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? So the word for almond, he, he's, God's making a pun. Oh, he loves those. God loves puns. Uh, <laughs> the word for almond in Hebrew is shakhed. Which sounds like watching. W watching, which yeah. is shoked. Shoked. Shoked, shoked, shoked. Ah, that's fun. And so what God is saying here is, like, he sees an almond branch. He's like, what is... Why does uh, God uh, like uh, puns? Why so does God much? like puns? <laughs> we did a jokes video a couple of years ago. We did. Based on biblical principles. <laughs> okay, anyway. God loves puns. <laughs> so God shows him a shockhead. A shockhead. And he says... I'm shockhead. I'm shockheading. I'm you. watching you. I'm watching you. And the point... And so it's a symbol of God's preservation mm. of Jeremiah the words he's going to put in his mouth and delivering Jeremiah from the evil that he's going to face. Yeah. It's this symbolic image of God's vindication, future vindication and protective care of Jeremiah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense to following the the call that narrative that we just watched. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, remember that prophecy long time ago in Deuteronomy? Yeah. That's you. That was my word. And I've been watching over my word mm -hmm. to make sure it happens. That's right. You're living proof of that. Yes. So Jeremiah, I know things are going to be rough. I know you're going to like say some words that, and promises that I've given you that people aren't going to like. Yeah, they're going to confront you about yep. it. They're going to call you a traitor. I'm watching over it. They're going to say, this doesn't make sense. This is wrong. This isn't going to happen. Right. And it's like, nope. Just as I prophesied that I, I was going to raise up another Moses-like Moses -like prophet mm -hmm. and you're the living proof, mm -hmm. trust me, there's an almond branch over your life. Like I'm yes. watching over you and the word you speak, it's going to happen. Yes. That's cool. And what a comforting image. What like, a comforting image. Yeah. And it's also an image from the story, The Life of Moses. Oh. So there was only two things put in the Ark of the Covenant a copy of God's Ten Commandments and the, st and the staff? staff of Aaron that budded, budded almonds. almonds. 
Uh, uh, and do you know, remember why it butted almonds? Because people didn't trust that Aaron was the chosen prophet of God. So Korah and his, and his minions said like, hey, God's spirit's falling out all over the camp. What gives you special privileges in speaking on God's behalf? Aren't we all filled with God's spirit? Right. God sets up a test. Okay, let's put all your potential prophets up on the line and we'll see which go- prophet God chooses. Mm-hmm. And the way that God chooses and vindicates his prophet is by making Aaron's staff bud almonds. Mm. It's a symbol that God is vindicating and will make sure that Aaron's words come to pass. Wow. Jeremiah is a new Aaron too. Yeah. He's the spokesman. So, yeah. oh, I didn't think about this until mm. then. In the same way that Aaron was Moses' spokesperson, that he was the word of God in Mo- yes. through Moses. Jeremiah is both of those things. Yes. The words of God are in Aaron's mouth. That's right. The staff with the almonds is in Aaron's hand. Yeah. He didn't put the Jeremiah's words hand. next to him as a speaker. He put That's them right. in his mouth. That's right. Yeah. I mean, also, can we just stop and appreciate how kind God is in this moment? <laughs> because in the last episode, I just sympathized so much with Jeremiah being in this position of delivering a really hard message as a young man mm-hmm. to a nation that was going to hate his message. Mm-hmm. And he would have been full of doubt it would have been really hard. Yeah. He would have questioned the calling so many times. And I just can't imagine how many times he must have stopped, remembered that almond branch, and remembered the story of the vindication of Aaron and mm-hmm. been like, no, that's me. That's me. Like, mm-hmm. God chose me. He's watching over me. He will watch over his word. He is going to yeah. do this. He, he, he called me. Remember the almond branch, Jeremiah. Right. Remember the almond branch. Like, And what happened so after God uh, butted the almond branch in Aaron's hands was... Korah and all the false prophets were, were punished. They were, yeah, and they were destroyed. They were destroyed. And yeah. over and over again in Jeremiah's life, his prophecy is going to tr- become, come true. And his life is going to be spared mm-hmm. while all the people speaking against him are going to be killed by mm-hmm. Babylonian soldiers or otherwise. Yeah, um, he's going to live out the story of Aaron. the test of Aaron over right. and over again. That's right. Wow. Okay. So that's the almond branch. Yeah, that's the almond branch. All right. And then he says this as part of his commissioning ceremony. The word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north, disaster shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord, and they shall come. And everyone shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem against all of its walls all around and against all the cities of Judah, and I will declare my judgments against them for all their evil in forsaking me. They have made offerings to other gods and worshiped the works of their own hands. But you, dress yourself for work, arise and say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. Behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. Wow. So this is where we get the real content of what he's going to prophesy. Mm -hmm. From the north, uh, nations, a boiling pot of nations is going to spill out and burn and scorch the land. Mm. It's also probably interesting that there's no names mentioned here. Uh, he's uh, not saying it's Babylon. Is that what r- you're saying? That's right. Because eventually Babylon will be overtaken mm-hmm. by another kingdom from the north, the yes. Medes and the Persians. So part of it is that from the north, judgment is going to come on Judah mm. and all the nations surrounding Judah that have harmed and oppressed Judah at one point in time, Philistia, Ammon, the Ammonites, mm-hmm. etc. But also from the north, 
deliverances have come from Babylon as well. And Babylon's going to be destroyed. And then it's the Medes and the Persians who overtake Babylon that send Israel back right. into, into their homeland. So from the north, hmm. both judgment and deliverance are going to come. And that's another way to frame the prophecies that Jeremiah is going to give and kind of gives you a foretaste of the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to prophesy a whole bunch of stuff is going to come from the north. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what my book's about. That's, that's what content. your prophecies are about. And then you have again here, I'm going to pre at the very end at verse 18. And behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, bronze walls against the whole land. The mm. idea is that... For all the doom and gloom you're going to prophesy, for all the ire you're going to get from military leaders, political leaders, religious leaders, you're going to be my pro- my protected contrarian, Jeremiah. Protected <laughs> contrarian. You're going to be a city within Jerusalem right. where my word dwells mm. that nothing will prevail against. I will deliver you. You are the embodiment of my word in Jerusalem, and I will protect you from everything that comes against you. Yeah, he makes him a city within the city. Yeah, that is that's a good picture. Yes, of I'm going to make this yeah this fortified contrarian, protected contrarian. I'm going to put you there, and you're going to have walls around you, a fortified fortress, and you're going to lob arrows of yep. my words against the entire city. Yep, and they'll come against you, but you'll be protected. Yeah, man, that's fascinating. Yes. Um, the other thing that I want to like highlight is he does talk about. Uh, I think it's in verse 16. Um, and I will declare my judgments against them. So I also call out yes. what they've been doing wrong. That's right. Uh, they've they've done evil. They've made offerings to other gods. They've worshipped idols. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say about that? The I mean, those are kind of the big three buckets mm. of things Jeremiah is going to critique. He's okay. going to criticize them for the evil that they've done in their land, the corruption, the injustice that they perpetrated as kings. They're going to He's going to call out the idolatry mm. of Israel's kings. He's going to call out, a lot of the time it's backwards looking. It's like Manasseh did this. Uh-huh. So you were being punished for that. But back also, at, looking back at the point of no return. Right. But there's also evidence of idolatry at the hands of, especially some of Judah's later kings, like mm-hmm. Zedekiah. They're now in some sort of relationship with Babylon. And so to keep the peace, they're importing Babylonian gods now. Mm. And seeking alliances with Egypt and doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. I see. And so, all of that, like we talked about last time, falls under the category of covenant breaking. Yes. Okay. That's right. That, I mean, the, the covenant said, don't worship false gods. It's the first one. Love your neighbor. Yeah. You know, and it's like they're breaking those they're things. They're breaking those things. Okay. That That's right. makes sense. So he calls Jeremiah, you know, says, I've I've been planning on you since Deuteronomy. Yes. <laughs> um, Puts his word in in his mouth, like Moses, like Aaron, mm-hmm. says that he will watch over him mm-hmm. like an almond branch. He's uh, going to prophesy a whole bunch of terrible things it, that nobody's going to like. And and because he's going to prophesy a whole bunch of things like evil from the north, destruction from the north, all this stuff is going to happen, and he's going to have to call out a whole bunch of people's sin and covenant breaking. That's right. But no matter all of that, he's going to fortify him and protect him yes. in that vocation. And it's probably good to notice that... Um, so we said that Jeremiah, in a sense, is like the living center of God's word mm. in Israel. Like, oh, that's an interesting way right? to put it. Like yeah. he's a city within the city of God's word in Israel, and God says he's going to protect him. Mm. Jeremiah doesn't die, but he is put on trial falsely. He's not well treated. He's put in prison. Yeah. He's thrown into a cistern. He's kidnapped, taken into exile. So God's protection of him is different than you might imagine or not as like 
blanket. It's like, oh, you'll never have any problems, Jeremiah. Right. But I do think what's significant is that every time Jeremiah is taken down, like taken into a false trial, buried in mm. a would-be grave, taken into exile, he's always alive. He comes back out. <laughs> he comes back out. Mm. And I think this is because as God's representative of the word, he's also giving us a picture of what Jesus is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And Jesus. what is and what he's saying is going to happen to Israel. That's right. I've given you my word Israel that you mm-hmm. will be my people yep. and you will rise after exile. Jeremiah, you are my living embodied word. You will be, go into the cistern. Go into the cistern, but you'll be protected mm-hmm. and rise back out. In the same way, like Jesus does the same thing. Yes. He is God's word embodied. Yes. In a more concrete sense than uh than Jeremiah was. Yeah, or Aaron. Or Aaron for yep. that matter. And he too is protected by God, but that protection doesn't mean he does not go unscathed. He dies, yeah. but on the other side of death mm-hmm. is resurrection. And so Jeremiah is this living picture of the story that will be true of Israel and will be true of all people to all nations mm-hmm. through Jesus. Yeah. Wow. The living embodiment and locale of God's word that is protected and watched over, mm-hmm. but has to go through death and suffering so that God shows that he watches over his word to vindicate it and raise it up. Yeah. That uh, God, there, there's an almond branch over the grave. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, that's, that's right. That's what we're saying is that there's an almond branch over the grave that even when it seems like the word of God dies, there's an almond branch over the grave. He will raise it up again. Yeah. That's really beautiful. What else in chapter one? That's kind of it. That That's yeah. the commissioning of Jeremiah. He's going to be a new Moses, mm. God's mouthpiece, predicting the Israel's exile, yeah. who will nevertheless be protected. And that protection takes the form of being exiled and dying himself in order to be resurrected. Wow. And that's the message and hope and life of Jeremiah in Israel. And our hope is today yeah. that when we embrace the death that God calls us to, we yeah. will be risen up. Man, it's it's awesome to see like this call of Jeremiah mapped on to how Jesus was talked about. You know, yeah. like I wonder if Jesus was known before he was in the womb. Right. It's like, well, of <laughs> right. course, he's the eternal Son of God. Uh, like, <laughs> John one one. In the beginning was, was the Word. The Word. Yeah. Yeah. He was with God. Mm-hmm. You know, before the womb, and he appointed him not to just be a prophet to all nations, but a savior all nations uh yeah and uh he put he, he didn't just put his word in his mouth he just was the word made flesh mm-hmm. you know the, it, even more so than jeremiah he was a locale right. of god's word and then what did he do he came he plucked up he destroyed yeah but then he built and plant he, he he said i'm gonna tear down this temple i'm gonna judge sin i'm gonna destroy the grave i'm gonna destroy all this mm-hmm. stuff and i'm gonna build something different a kingdom right. of god and really particularly so moses predicted a day a return from exile and it a circumcision of the heart. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah predicted and lived yeah. an exile and a circumcision from the heart. Jesus is the only one to live both the exile and to offer that circumcision of the heart that both of these yeah. people have been prophesying about. Because of Jesus and his Holy Spirit living in us, we finally become the people of God that are not constantly against his covenant and his laws. Mm. We are the people that finally approach God 
in love because he's changed our hearts to do so through the new covenant Jesus secured yeah. that Moses and Jeremiah prophesied about. A deeper exodus. The true exodus yeah. the, that we've been, we've been waiting for. Yeah, it's, it's really fun to like imagine that universe going back to what I said earlier about like the repent for the kingdom of heaven is near thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, like for all of us, like we uh, who, who aren't in Christ and we can all remember that if you are in Christ now, yeah. you can remember what it was like to be like just following the world and yeah. following all your wicked desires and having so many bent motives and no desire for purity and holiness and no alignment with how God made the world. You were, you were trapped and enslaved to the powers of this mm -hmm. world. You were afraid of death. You had no answers, no purpose. Like you were without hope and without God in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then Jesus comes to you and says, Hey, repent, return, mm -hmm. come to a different kingdom. I've built it. I've plucked up and uprooted this old empire of brokenness. Yeah. It's going to mean dying, right? Mm -hmm. Come take up your cross. Yeah. But there's a kingdom on the other side. And in that kingdom is a new heart and a new way of living mm -hmm. and a new kind of law and a new relational covenant, a new way of being. Yeah. Repent, return, come back into this new kingdom of God and live with me. Yeah. Uh, it's just a fun way to yes think about conversion or yeah, you know yeah, it's just yeah. like a better imaginative universe yeah we'll talk a ton about the new covenant mm. in our next episode and awesome. like what does it mean to have a new heart and all that kind of oh, stuff heck yeah which i'm super excited about but yeah for now this tells the story jesus is the new and better jeremiah because he begins to activate and do what jeremiah and moses only prophesied would come mm. And that's next episode? That's next episode. Well, I can't wait for the next episode. <laughs> so thank you guys for joining us. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode as we talk about the covenant and the new covenant, the circumcision of the heart. It's going to be a great time. So continue to walk through the book of Jeremiah with us. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel creates short films, devotionals, and podcasts like this one. Everything we make is free because of generous supporters like you. To see our resources, visit SpokenGospel.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. See you next time.